Hi, and welcome to Movements and Sounds, a podcast focusing on contemporary Indigenous musics and sounds in Australia and issues related to this topic. At SOAS Radio, we are excited to bring stories from the other side of the world to our studio in London. Thanks so much for listening to Movements and Sounds. I'm Charlotte, the facilitator of this podcast. It is important to know that I am a non-Indigenous person. However, I support decolonization and giving land back to Indigenous peoples. The episode you're about to listen to is a special one. Instead of a more traditional interview, today we are doing a sound walk together with Luke Patterson. Luke Patterson is a Camilleroy poet, folklorist and musician living on Gadigal land, where the sound walk took place, in Redfern. Working with Aboriginal and other community-based organizations, his creative pursuits focus on the way bioregional identities and consciousnesses are expressed through localized and vernacular forms. So we met for a walk through Redfern. I basically followed Luke and he told me about his experiences living there while also answering the questions that I come up with. You will hear us responding to the environment we walk through, to the buildings that we see. Sometimes you hear us struggling with holding various objects like umbrellas and recording devices and cups of coffee. It's all very much part of the walk and I hope you enjoy us reflecting on what it is that we hear and see during our walk. At the start of our walk, I asked Luke if he thought an acknowledgement of country at the start would be appropriate. And you're about to listen to his answer. Enjoy. Here we go. Yeah, it's like, I, I, oddly enough, I will, it, it will sound that I like am so I think someone once said like, the best like welcome you can get is like an art, asking maker a cup of tea or something. Like, the whole performance of it is, yes, a part of the ceremony, an important part of the ceremony, and, and, and shifting and connecting perception of the place and stuff like that. Yeah. But are there other ways of acknowledging and, like, doing welcomes? With, like, that's what I kind of wonder and look for and... Yeah, and I think, okay. yeah, so th that's why I didn't want to do like an acknowledgement straight up. But then, those like, uh, and I, and I feel like our attention to place, or at least mine in that moment, was to like wait for those model birds, those uh, honey eaters to do their little dance and, and whatever. Like, and then just like me kind of loving them is, a, is at least my acknowledgement. There you go. So that's why I kind of look for that. Or Do you feel like it's less performative, perhaps? Or, um, uh, I, th I think the, the layer of performative is like up to you and what you think is right for that particular time okay. <laughs> and space. Like, um, yeah. like sometimes you need a fucking an uncle in his lap, lap in the middle of the city at a fire doing his thing um, but other times you just need like a, a nod you know, 
something. We're talking about welcomes, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But acknowledgements. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Acknowledgements maybe we can interpret in similar ways. So. Alright. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Like, yeah. Other, like, I see other mob or people, a lot of people who, depending on where you're walking, like, announce yourself. It's not like a, oh, I acknowledge you, Gattaca Lambs, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here. Like, how you just sort of... Okay. Let, uh, yeah. A more subtle approach. Yeah. Well, I think also like, is there who who's it directed towards? Like, is the acknowledgement directed towards people so they can hear it um, and then uh, do what they will with it, mm-hmm. or is the acknowledgement for you as well, trying to connect to a place, mm-hmm. um, or like, is it directly an acknowledgement to place? In which case, it's not like. Political, and it's not performative. Um, yeah. But like, like I said, like a performative action isn't bad in its own right. Um, that's sometimes like some like a lot of the time when I see like elders who do really great welcomes, they've mm. just got a couple of good tricks that make people go ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I I um I read a little um. A uh, piece you wrote about um, Uncle Alan Madden's Welcome to Country. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this was a, for the Sydney Writers Festival. Yeah. And you were talking about how you love how he did a sing speak. Yeah. And yeah. how it clears the air. Yeah. This really stuck with me. Um, yeah. Can you explain a little bit what? Oh, there was just like melody and rhythm and um, uh, a, a kind of resonance. That, that is impressive and, and I, I, I reckon and suspect that it's let's put this way yeah. um, those who are somewhat grounded can only sort of make those sounds in my mind um, and, and yes so there's that element to it but there is definitely a performative element to it and the reason I say that is because uh, there's a Gamilaroi art there who knows that um, elder well and she she, she was like she kind of made fun of him and oh, he always does this doesn't he and then sort of mimicked a part of what the way he um does his welcome uh so like yes there's magic in it but there's also um crafting a kind of public persona i suppose yeah um, for for non-indigenous people to you know see like we shouldn't be obligated to give our authentic selves on a stage necessarily there's mm-hmm. always a bit of a, a a song and dance yeah 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 no for sure so do you feel like if it would have been an exclusively indigenous crowd it would have been different or oh, yeah big time. yeah yeah can you, can you tell me how um, or is that I, I like i couldn't it'd be difficult to even like imagine <laughs> it um Wait, where are we talking about again? Wait, so, what, what welcome event? to countries, and oh yeah, so specifically the Sydney Writers Festival opening ceremony. Yeah, and you did there a bit were of more um, mob. Yeah, um, or only. There'd be a lot more cheering. What would it be? So it'd be just a big, big, like black riding festival. I think you just um, come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> there are black riding festivals, um, but. Uh, I don't want to say things like... No, please say it all. Like, rowdy. Rowdier. 
Like, it was pretty fun. Sure, the after party was fun, but the after party was fun when I saw, like, Alison Whitaker. And it was, like, hey, sis, or whatever. Um, uh, I think I, I misjudged the word. Okay, we're That's on Regnan's Trees? Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, uh, what else would it be? More fun. Yeah, more fun. <laughs> more yeah, food. Right. <laughs> there probably wouldn't be an exclusive section. Um, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> okay. Can you tell a bit about your your creative practice? Like, how would you describe what it is you do? Um, like I said before, like it... it, it one one thing that um, I I suppose I currently in a phase of just like experimenting across a broad range of writing styles in order to figure out what like the the next tone will be in my my sort of work and trying to figure out how to speak back speak within. Um, uh, reimagine blah 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 um, what like eco poetics means, especially as a black writer. Um, so I think that is Are you looking for a particular Yeah, a particular side? building but I keep forgetting <laughs> which side it is. Let's keep going this way. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I'll okay. You're um, you're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other things in my poetics? Um, I'm a I'm a very I'm a very like um, poetics is the subject matter itself. Um, mm-hmm. Like I always, you know, whatever it's about, I kind of like trying to find some kind of truth or trick to language. Because um, I, I feel like that's where the, the, the magic happens, where the, the brain um, is directed or shown one way, but somehow it gets misdirected another way, uh, which, which I think poetics can do, or, or, or give you a surplus beyond, beyond the meaning that's originally given. So, like, in that space, that excess of meaning mm-hmm. um, is kind of where I locate my poetics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I find it hard to <laughs> to wrap my head around <laughs> exactly what you mean by that. Yeah. I, I feel like language is almost like a an organic living substance in itself. Like it, mm. and and it is like an energetic force that moves between all, all things in, in many ways and like, in linguistics there's this like uh, in, the, in the, the sign and the symbol and the icons and all of this kind of stuff there's one that kind of just means like pointing like that's a kind of code yeah um, and, and you find there's a lot in the country you know, when something's in blue and maybe some fish will be fat at that point and all of that kind of stuff so those the, the strings of meaning and language um, that uh, exist between things. Trying to yep. trying to see those, basically. Okay. I suppose it's just trying to see their relationality. 
or and then in trying to increase um, its relationality. That's kind of what a metaphor is in my mind, like or yeah. a simile. You sort of take two somewhat disparate things and build a relationship, um, and, it, and it creates some sort of excess. Is it? Is it? Thinking about language, is it? What is? Yeah. Oh, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> is this the building? Yeah. For some reason, in my head, when I was like, "Oh, where should we go?" This kept popping into my head. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and can you tell me a bit? Like, why, why are we walking to the? It's one of the houses. But all the buildings are fucking named after colonists. Just banks. James Lovely. Cook. James Cook. Oh, of course. I think it's a fucking sick joke. Seemingly very well off white uh, queer men, something like that, um, w- 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 in their muscle shirts, what walking past my window as well. So yeah, there there, there is that. I think gentrification. I'm not I'm not 100 sure like what it's getting at when it speaks with regards to indigenous populations because. Mm. I remember I went to some, like, queer art event. I think it was in Redfern. Um, and someone gets up on the stage. And I, th- I think they were from South America. Person of colour. Lovely, cool, whatever. And they were like, you know, we've got to stop the fucking gentrification of our Redfern and stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute. Like... You are the gentrifier, like, <laughs> that's you. Um, this is before I had lived in Redfern as well. Um, and I've only lived here for two years as well, so All right. my, like, connections to the place aren't uh, profoundly deep in, in, in any sense. Um, but, like, that's an ongoing process of community building and, and stuff like that. That's always kind of the job of wherever you go. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so gentrification. Yeah, look, I yes, partly to that, but I've also said my pace with the mob wherever I go. So, yeah, like, I'm very much participating in the regimes of gentrification, and I do fucking 
screw over no I wouldn't say screw, <laughs> screw over my landlord no, I, get, I get great rent because I don't have a great like it's a pretty shitty place but like I I, I uh, live a somewhat humble life um but yeah still, still still part of it like still living here and you know have to constantly reconsider my contribution to Gadigal's people reclamation of Redfern's full blown sovereignty yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> So yeah, both Let's, the inside and outside of that one. Yeah, interesting. I suppose you have a bit of a, you, you know, one foot in the on the one side and the other foot in the, I don't I don't know. It's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Um, just biding out, biding my time, biding our time. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Two hundred fifty years is a short time. It is, um, and it's sort of because obviously Redfern is seen as the the heart of indigenous activism in Sydney at yeah. least. Was that one of the reasons behind your decision to locate here or or community um, it was of the original place that i looked at there's a there's a big sign a big like wall in newtown with the aboriginal flag yeah and i live very close to yeah, that place <laughs> there's, a, there's a door on the bottom right and you go through that and there's like a little cottage thing at the back that was the original place i was looking at oh. when i was moving out like a, yeah, after I come back overseas, come to live with my mum for a little bit, and then when I was moving out, looking for places, Newtown's very um, how do I say it? There's a lot of stimulus. Yes. Um, for too too much uh, stimulation for me, in 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 some ways. Um, and then when I was just looking at places, I saw this one. It was like the weekend before there was going to be a lockdown and there were rumours and it was scary. Oh, wow. And the landlord, uh, the real estate were just like, what do you want for it, basically? And oh, I was like, wow. sweet, lucky deal here. Um, so more of a coincidence, really, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it was, like, I was sort of looking in these areas. Inner West. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, why not? Why not give Redfern a go? Um, yeah. Perhaps absorb some of that history and. Um, yeah, is that your experience so far? Well, it's, my experience has been mostly COVID. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but only now am I starting to be able to like be like, okay, cool. There's some things that I can do here. Some people that I can connect with, and um, so so yeah, that that looks looking up in that sense, I suppose. Um, and I just renegotiated the rent situation, so I'm, yeah, I'll right. be here for at least another year. This is going to really disturb. Sorry. I know I am saying sorry to my recorder, uh. but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. I spent, when I was 21, moved to Melbourne. And then when I was like 28, moved to, I was in California for a few years. Uh, I moved back to Sydney. Um, which I wasn't convinced I would do. Um, but, 
just had some bumps and wanted to come home and try try nesting for a little bit. <laughs> try try being a cranky uncle, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Okay, for me the focus isn't nature. I never feel as though I'm looking at country. Instead, country is practiced, culture is made through repetitions, patterns, variations, and renewals. A biomimetic craftwork emerges. Cool. <laughs> it's so funny because yeah, you have to go. I have to go into like a trance to write prose. I have to well, a different kind of prose. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Let's go this way. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you, can you elaborate on that a bit? On that? Um, was it was it specifically about because I think you were walking through Newtown? Yeah. And more Sydney can Park. I have a can I have a look? Yeah. Well? yeah that one. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do I? How would I explain that? Um, I did have a, a, an example. Give me, give me a second. Yeah, <laughs> think about it. I've, I've been reading a friend's draft of his new book and he's got all this kind of nonsense about quantum physics and, and, and Aboriginal thinking and stuff like that and so okay. it's cla clouding my brain at the moment um, and I, it's, it's, it's not the, the angle that I want to go down um, I, th I think for me okay here's, here's a, a one example here's a, a kind of off, off, off the angle example my ex a while ago when I was living in Melbourne was one of those people who I could always tell had a somewhat, or was at first, someone who had a bit of cognitive dissonance with my indigeneity, trying to um, sort of lock my phenotypes in, like pin the phenotype on the mongrel kind of game if he could, or um, just couldn't make that connection. And it wasn't until... Um, he saw me out with a couple of my black friends interacting and then that evening he was like I'm so sorry like I I'd like I'd never somehow connected it but it wasn't until I saw you with your community did I understand and so like it wasn't so when I, when he was trying to look for the kind of concept of blackness or the concept of, say in the example of the question we're talking about, the concept of country, like you're always going to miss it. Mm -hmm. um, but 
when we were just in it together, me and a couple of mobs sitting around at a table at the, the pub, like, we were... We were community, or we in the moment, I suppose. Like, we were just performing it. We were doing it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what I mean by that. If that Like, that's a kind of leap or a cross... Yeah. examination in a different sense like it's just a an ongoing flowering I suppose yeah. it's not so much about trying to define what it is but just practicing it and just letting it be perhaps is that yeah yeah well it, it's always going to change what it is because it's always contextual it's always based on like weather and human interaction and yeah so um like it's Rather than trying to pin it down, it's better to continually trying to describe the ways that relations function within it, maybe. Okay. Um, I'm kind of just running with these yeah. ideas. But they, they do come from a place of, like, of me, what I think about constantly. Um, like, it, <laughs> it could very well change um, next week. And I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I remember, um, so this was also during the Writers' Festival again. Yeah. And you mentioned something, I, I, I mentioned this before in an email. Um, you were talking about a profound experience you had about listening to the sounds of the city or the rhythm of the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting Sort of anecdotes. Do you remember the one I'm, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Can you explain a bit? So, I, or describe I, it. It was it was like one one hot day in summer, that kind of thing. No, yeah, and I, it was just I was going out for a walk, and like it was just the most beautiful sort of cicada noise filling the air, and I was like, there was a hum that was like warming the soul, and I could I could tell it was sort of coming from a direction. So I was like, all right, I'll take my walk in that direction. It must, like, they're probably in the park over in that direction or whatever. Um, Where was this? Uh, this was in Marrickville. Right. And um, as I... And this was, yeah, like just a, a Marrickville street, urban street kind of setting. But still leading down to the river. And it's, it's, it's quite pretty. And as I turn the corner... I, the, the sound sort of suddenly shifts dramatically and I realise the sound suddenly shifts dramatically very <laughs> fitting uh, yeah uh, and, and, and I, uh, it's, it suddenly the, the, it morphed, the sound morphed into um, an air conditioning vent at the Woolies like a big fucking massive air conditioning vent and I, like I was just I was just so thrown not thrown off I was kind of delighted because I was having a very like spiritual connecting with country kind of moment like I was feeling it like the ancestors were speaking to me but then I realised it was a fucking air conditioning um, but but yeah for some reason I, like I still I don't, I don't know. I, I still felt like it was that country experience, and I, I'm kind of broad in the in the sense that I'll I'll incorporate um, you know yes, kookaburra and streetlight into my concept of of, of country. Um, that that I don't have a problem with that. 
but um, it was just a, a kind of that 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 time. I feel like it was country playing a trick on me, which it was even more delightful than country just like showing me a pretty bird or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was it was almost like a. Uh, we were in dialogue rather than me just sort of uh, looking for it to speak or speak back or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, a, there was another one as well, which happened somewhat nearby here. Okay. Um, Do you want to go there? Or? Yeah, we, we, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go this way. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're pretty much uh, heading in that direction. I, we'll go there and hopefully it'll happen because I never because I wanted to record it but I couldn't. Oh. It didn't happen. Fingers Again, crossed, fingers crossed. but it's uh, two um, uh, street light buttons that make a noise, that clicking noise, and um, they went off at the same time, but at a strange counter rhythm to each other, and they sounded like kookaburras laughing, oh. kookaburras doing their thing, um, and it was great. Like I was like, oh, this this sounds like a recording of kookaburras. Um, but then, but then, when I waited by the, the the lights again for it to happen again, they just wouldn't line up in the same way. Um, so it's a bit of a timing. Yeah, a timing yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love that sort of bringing together of more natural sounds of country and more human-made yeah, sounds yeah. of country. That's so so clever. And your um, you have another poem, the Illawarra Wandering. Yeah, yeah. Which seemingly does that I think so it's a poem and some of the words have sounds connected to it yeah yeah and you call it I think an urban bushland symphony (laughs) ah yeah very beautiful um so do you think urban environments well you sort of delved into it already but what would you say is that relation for you between urban environments and bushlands and maybe how is that? How do you show that connection through that program? Yeah. Um, I like. Ultimately, I, 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 I see urban environment and I see death. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like the. I because my brain is constantly doing thought experiments and like so I just look at the one meter squared in front of us of, of pavement. And I'm like, if that wasn't there, how much life would be there instead? And including like the microbes in the soil and and, and, and everything else that comes from it. And I just can't justify that sacrifice for the for my the for my feet for, or whatever. Even though this is less pleasant on my bare feet than what like some meadow grass would be or whatever. Um, uh, so uh, like ultimately. Um, for me, the city is a scar. The city is a scab. Um, the city is, like, by definition, that will someday just swallow itself up. Um, it always has to get bigger. Um, it always has to live more and more outside of its own land base and take resources from other people and stuff like that. And we've become, like, acutely aware. I'll find us a more <laughs> uh, sheltered spot. And I'll grab it. Uh, yeah. Theft. 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> look, but uh, it's here for now. Um, until it's not. <laughs> and I, I, like I said, I, civilizations have been doing this forever where they rise and fall and often leave dust behind them and perhaps this sort of modern civilization has maintained its, its speed and strength through the acquisition of fossil fuels and shit like that. Um, we're keenly aware where that's like led us. We yeah. know now. <laughs> so now, now it's figuring out what we're going to do. And and it's 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 interesting the ways that no, we're reacting to the the current um, situation with. Do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want me to hold this together? one? Shall we, shall we do that? Uh, I, I I live about two meters away. I'm going to grab. I can grab my own. Oh, okay. Uh, that's... Or I can hold that as well. I'm fine with the rain. Okay. Let Just me... want to cover yeah, that. Let's, yeah, okay. Yeah, thank let's you. Do that. <laughs> um, Take a bit of, take a bit of yeah, yeah. So urban bushland, but look, who knows? Maybe there's some cool sci-fi black future where the city is this like hybrid space of man-made structures and tree houses and I don't know, like <laughs> borings and the like. Yeah. And is there like, how did you? bring that together in, in your piece of... <laughs> the poem, yeah. Yeah, the poem. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk about, like, what... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it seems kind of counterintuitive to what I said, my feelings about the city, where there's... The reason that I... One, there's like a... It's almost like a a vein that runs through um, uh, Marrickville, Tempe, Woolai Creek area. Uh, well, oh, Illawarra Wandering. Sorry, I was thinking of the other poem I did on Running Dog. Um, can also talk about that. Yeah. Oh, they're very similar in structure. Yeah. The, the, the first one, um, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, uh, doesn't have sound, the first one, but the second one does have sound. Um, very creative. Well, <laughs> to bring sounds with, with yeah. language. Yeah. The, the, sound, the sound one, I think, was me experimenting with a, another layer of perception in the poem. Um, but also the idea of, like, clarity and cacophony um, yeah. I think there's like a a kind of way of like knowing and being in black ways where like you, you're not necessarily entitled to know everything um, and, and and divisions of knowledge are regulated and important um, for safety reasons, not only of the knowledge, but the people holding it. Yeah. And so the poem is trying to partly suggest you can't have it all at once, you can't see country all at once, so there's the words that are vanishing and you can only do certain readings at certain times. And um, mm, like you can layer the sounds, but if you layer them too much, it might be too noisy and uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that... that, that, that was what that was trying to tap into. In terms of its uh, urbanness, the, there's a one of the recordings or sounds um, in the piece is just a, a very gentle um, violin plucking um, the road to Botany Bay, which is like a, oh. a kind of famous yeah, yeah. Australian folk tune. I think it was written by an Irishman or something. Um, and so so I was trying to... 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter the birds, okay. Uh, trying to weave in stuff. Uh, let me let me think. I'll probably have one more thought on that. The sound. Uh, I think again, like me experimenting with all like, uh, it's like multiple threads in 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 a tapestry, like or different materials that come into it, or different viewpoints or lenses. Sorry, I'm gonna poke your eye out. Um, yeah, I just wanted to see if I can add another layer. I'm always trying to... No, it's very interesting. So it's mainly bird sounds and then more... Did you, is it synthesizer, I believe? A, yeah, a lot of it's like just uh, sounds and then manipulated. There's a little bit of me playing around with my electric violin, um, which I got my hands on recently, which has been very fun um, to make strange, strange noises. Um, yeah, so... so Recording, walking around, playing around with recording, um, different, I basically just run it through a bunch of um, uh, pedals, guitar pedals, electric yeah. guitar pedals, and see, see what happens. Right. Um, and was there a conscious choice between, or a deliberate choice, which words were connected to which sounds, or was it more random? Uh, there was a mild, mild, because <laughs> uh, sometimes, the, the, you know, it would say splashing and you'd get the sound of splashing water and yep. then it would say something and the, the sound would not make any obvious relationship to it. Um, yeah, the the original like plan was to embed a sound for each one. Um, however, the, the... That's a lot. Yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. Well, it was, it was more of an effort for the people because my coding abilities are limited to being able to do the... Um, the flashing words, but to be able to make a clickable thing that then re plays the sound, they had to do that line of code. Yeah. And they would have had to do that line of code for every single word. Um, and it was all different sounds, right? Or were some double? So some of them were just like uh, the same sound, but same sound. manipulated okay. in a different way. Yeah, right, um, right. Like the, I think there's some uh, kookaburra sounds in there that, like when I played around with a little bit, it had this kind of... Yiriki didgeridoo, like drone kind of voicing to it, which I really enjoyed, and yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like, and then even like slowing down the bird song, and um, just experiencing things at different tempos as well. Yeah, like we I think we get kind of accustomed or acclimatized. Or sorry. <laughs> um, uh, just gonna particular temporalities, um, and so I've been trying to figure out ways of again incorporating that. A lot of it is me for like seeing elders or other like people of that hold cool knowledge, and me trying to emulate it. Not not necessarily. Um, copy it, particularly if I don't have a cultural entitlement to it, but trying to like use that knowledge and then in find ways of being able to express that in the poll. Um, yeah. So is that sort of, yeah, would you say your work is, or maybe a better question, how is your work oh, influenced? No, that's, <laughs> that's all good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how is your work 
influenced, well, it's a very strange question, but how is it influenced by your indigeneity? Yeah. Um, a bit of a strange question, maybe, because, you know, it's, it's who you are. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, what the, are your thoughts on the, it? I think, like, there's the kind of, the one, the, the, the voicing of poetry that um, speaks to... <laughs> Um, that speaks to uh, or some sort of political engagement the politicisation of myself um, for better or worse Um, uh, and spilling coffee all over myself we're getting very heated heated topic (laughs) but like that is a part of who I am like where I grew up in Kernel and so saturated with a a very strange folklore of how this country began. Yes. And then being sort of in a family who were like, what? This doesn't seem right. Um, and that sort of shaped the way I thought about things. And it sort of gave me, I reckon, a, a, a skill of seeing the bullshit of coloniality. Um, the kind of mythology of it all. Um, yeah. Yeah, Cornell, it, yeah, that's a very interesting place. To, uh, how was that growing up there, knowing that that was the place where colonization, invasion, where it started? I, I didn't quite record. Hold on, I'm just going to chuck yeah, this coffee. Sure. Oh, sorry. It's, no, that's all good. That's what editing is for. Oh, um, I'm fine, I'll hold Are it. you sure? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. almost poking your eye out. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> trying to concentrate. Um, I, I honestly don't need the umbrella. It's Are fine. you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, well, the, the question, sorry, what was the question? Oh, Kernel. Yeah. Your experience growing up there. Yeah. Um, was it at all a conscious, like, knowing... Of it all not, when you were not, young? Not necessarily at first. Um, I, no, I, I definitely... I wasn't quite aware of the perversity of the symbolic nature of the place. Like, I always sort of reference these, these things a lot, but I, find, I found them... Like, at the time, they seemed so basic, so um, harmless, I suppose, but, like, the, the school... Pledges we endeavor, which is a, a pun on Cook's ship, and like like the the buildings that we were just looking at earlier, like the schoolhouses that we were divided into were named after settlers like Banks and Cook and Philip and all that. Um, so at the time, like yes, I knew it was weird. I like my family, like, like we're very working class as well. So there's no like, like academic knowledge of this history either, or ways of like breaking it down. Um, well, at, at the time I didn't think there was, but um, I, I, I see how they do that now. Um, uh, yeah, so it was a really beautiful, and it was also because like the the park there is massive and. Um, like every weekend I'd go to like all the cousins would go to my grandma's and we'd go for a big walk through the park and yeah she'd show us different spots and um, you know where fresh water might be and 
it's funny going back there and that, that like spot where the fresh water is is like overgrown and no water can trickle through it now and that kind of stuff but yeah when, when places aren't tended to but it, it's still beautiful like it, it, uh, it's taken care of really well yeah, um, yeah it is beautiful I was there the other day ah. and I saw um, there are lots of sort of memorial kind of looking yeah. places and well the park itself is, is actually yeah. beautiful coastline wow yeah well I think I think it would have, a part of it as well is like I felt so lied to by by the town the education system um, we'll, we'll turn up this way um, because the story that we were told was like a peaceful settlement um, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, another, another, like, I call it like a part of my villain. Oops, take a right. Uh, part of my villain origin story. Because uh, we, like, the, basically a, a four-foot replica of Captain Cook was given to the best class each week. Um, all this kind of shit that the school did, like it was, and it was a fine school, like it was alright, whatever. I don't know what it's like now. I did, I was looking for the school song once and like, because it had a really fucked up school song when I was there as well. Um, and I was on looking at their Facebook, the school's Facebook. And it still had that fucked upness because on the, um... Uh, like the school hall at the back there's these big flags coloured flags red, green, yellow blue Cookbank, Solander, Phillip um, and they were like celebrating uh, NIDOC this must have been last year the year before sometime and had like a some mob doing dances in front of these big fucking signs again like wow. it, 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 it see that is like an unfortunate performative situation yeah like cool like you're doing things for like cultural awareness and bringing mob in to show that culture and stuff like that but i find it disrespectful to have those flags up in the background or something like there's just a, a dissonance going on yeah for like sure. are we all on the same page in the same place kind of thing so the flags i missed what kind of flags they were like such a celebrative oh uh, like, so so uh, school houses, like often a lot of schools get divided into different um, groups so that they can be organised in terms of like sporting carnivals oh, yeah. and stuff like that. At our school they were, um, yeah, named after some early colonists. Oh, the names, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. So I guess that was the, what the songs were about as well? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to the... To the, the um, the tune of Ode to Joy, which I thought was always oh. really funny him. Yeah. Cookbank, Solander and Philip. Our yeah. home and our nation. That's the only line I can remember. But yeah. Right. Were you one of the only ones or um, yeah, who who is of First Nations heritage? There was were you at your school? There were a couple. So there was two like my mum's side, my dad's side, both black background, black identifying, that kind of thing. 
they got together, like, they got together and those two families sort of came together. The, my best friend at the time across the road, he was, and then there was a family that also moved in a little bit later um, into town. Uh, and they, they were cool because it was about the time my mum uh, came out and decided she, she was in love with a woman and pursued that path in her life. And um, it, it was hard for me to sort of come to terms with that at that age. But that, that other family, the other black family, um, they also had two mums. So it was oh. kind of, we, could, we could sort of feel comfortable in our own... Yeah, right. How old um, were you then? Uh, I reckon I would have been 10. Yeah, quite young. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, How's that going? I don't know. Let's just this um, <laughs> How are you for time? Just I'm good. Be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We can start veering. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, yeah. I, I feel like all my, my poetic is exploring that. Like, there's a little. I'm really into. <laughs> At a, in a very amateur way and, and only in a sort of um, its influence in anthropology and its influence on um, the anthropology of Aboriginal people but uh, it's like psychoanalysis and dreams and that kind of interpretive practice um, and so my poetry kind of in a very amateur way engages with that tries to unpack how these like weird fucked up symbolic systems have shaped the way that I think and know the world now yeah. um, in one way and then how it's hard to say that like a you or utilize some sort of like black viewpoint when I do this because it like I couldn't like categorically tell you what the methodology of that no. would be like no. Like, I think what I had to learn was to, like, because I've, like, I've, let's say maybe over-educated or um, allowed for too long Western knowledge systems to not determine my thinking but shape it beyond the extent it probably should. And then when I started to, like, shuck that off and just started to think from my own cultural viewpoint things started to fall in line a little bit better yeah, <laughs> in my mind um, so when you say over-educated uh, you basically mean like western educational systems yeah yeah to university, yeah, like yeah yeah like I um, I was always kind of like just hitting average for the most part in, in school depending on what subject it was I did really shit my HSC um then got obsessed with violin and music. Ended up studying that for a bit. Um, and then through that got into musicology and thinking about race and class and gender and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was about the time that I also rediscovered poetry because I was always writing poetry as a kid. Um, <laughs> kind of like campy little love spells I would I would say um, or, or just cheesy rhymes and stuff like that um, but yeah later on got into poetry again so oh yeah studied linguistics and folkloristics in the US um, 
it, and and I think I was always just avoiding being a poet, only to realise like I was doing every kind of fucking uh, discipline that could only lead me to poetry. I suppose in one day. Yeah. Um, Interesting. We have a similar similar path. I'm yeah. realizing my first instrument was the violin as well. Ah, yeah, yeah. And well, I'm literally in the field of musicology. Yeah. Oh, cool. Whole research. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Interesting. You... What do you like most about your music studies, musicology, or? Um, I think it wasn't until I don't like most of it. I, I like chamber music. Um. And I, I was very new to, like, I'd, it was a, a a whim. Like, I saw there was a, a season of Big Brother that, <laughs> and there was a, vi a violinist on a, who had brought their violin. I'd never seen a violin in my life. Um, and they were playing in the bathroom. And I was just, like, obsessed with it. I just wanted a violin. Um, and nagged my mum. I was like, mum, give me a violin. She's like, What? <laughs> What? How old were you? Got me a cheapo violin. I was about 15, 16. Okay. And, um, and then just got a bit obsessed with it. Uh, that's probably why I did really shit my HSC as well, because I was just like staying up late playing the theme to The Godfather. Um, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, uh, oh no, what was it? The, oh, the theme to Schindler's List, that's right. Oh. Um, uh, music. Yeah, so that's how I got into that. My favourite part of the music thing on some... Look, the reason I got pissed off with it was I thought it was a little bit... I thought... Perhaps conservatorium music thinking at that time was very white, very Western. Um, uh, there, uh, there was one really cool subject that I did that sort of shifted a lot of my brain and made me realise that I could think as well. Uh, the subject was called Sex, Death and the Ecstatic in Music by... Was, uh, the professor was Linda Kavaris. And it was just a cool subject and they were like very postmodernist kind of let me experiment with writing styles and, 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 and things and like write about computer game music and... Sounds more like yeah, yeah, there was there was that element to it, but it was still very um, sort of grounded in in building those connections of like straight up theory and and the more um, ambitious cultural studies assessments of, of the ineffable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What what? Uh, Hills. Wow. Yeah. Um, what led you into musicology? I loved music from a young age, but I don't necessarily have musicians in my family. Yeah. Nor do, like, in my immediate family, no one has gone to university. So it was very, I just sort of discovered it by, it was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I did some sort of, I was young and I did a test. I remember some sort of test to see where your, um, um, your passion lies or something, you know, how to yeah. get, what to do after high school kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I found out about musical Musicology, I'd never heard of this. Yeah. Uh, it's not big, so I'm from the Netherlands. Not big in the Netherlands at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found it out, went to these open days, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic. It was called musicology more as an umbrella term. Yeah. This is in the Netherlands specifically, because it's very different in the UK, where I'm 
um, affiliated with right. the UK university. But in the Netherlands, it's musicology is sort of the umbrella, and under that, they did three different pathways. Yeah. So it was historical musicology. Yeah. So you look into scores uh, and composers. Yeah. In the UK, this is referred to as ethnomusicology. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, that that term is quite is problematic. Is it a dirty word? In yes. yeah, yeah. It's like in um, the, the word folklore in yeah. Germany is a bit of a, a, a dirty word as yes. well. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is what it is, and that is basically what I'm doing now. So looking at music as a culture. Yeah, basically, yeah, or yeah. Through culture. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Cool. Um, and there was a third one, cognitive musicology. So it's looking at how music works in the brain. Yeah, cool, 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 yeah. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I just got really, got my thing, you know, and then I moved to, to Australia, and I got to learn about political difficulties surrounding First Nations mm. peoples, <laughs> and I thought, how can I, so this was after my bachelor's, yeah. and I thought, how can I still justify me writing about music when people have real life struggles and I sort of combined the two really yeah. and um, yeah that's how I ended up doing my masters and now I'm doing a PhD and look it's all very there's quite a problematic connection to it me being not a First Nations person yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, I still think you know, I don't want to be paralyzed either. Yeah. That's what I'm sort of seeing from my time in Australia. Again, a lot of non-Indigenous people are so afraid of it because yeah. intervention is a dirty word. Not, they're so afraid of it, they get paralyzed and they don't yeah. want to deal with it at all. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm really trying to break that barrier a little bit. Yeah, but yeah it's definitely also <laughs> problematic. So that's the whole reason I actually wanted to conduct this yeah. through a university in Europe, being European. Yeah. I thought if I would do it here, I would take someone's space. Uh -huh, Didn't yeah, want to do yeah, that. Yeah. And I also thought, um, me being, you know, quite highly educated yeah. individual, but still being so shocked when I first got here, I thought, wow, I'm really not educated about this. How is this never taught? And especially in the UK. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I think we should know more <laughs> yeah. about the ramifications of colonization. Um, yeah. here and so yeah that's basically how I position myself in that and why I chose to actually write uh, in the UK and yeah. bring the stories to the UK and that's my also the merged yeah yeah um, yeah it's always a very difficult and fine line um, but I think it's a line that I and some like other mob might find enjoyable to watch yep. the indigenous folk fuck up around. Yep. Um, like, so you, you're gonna take the joys where you can, uh, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, like, there's probably something even worse than like I've the experience of people who have done too much cultural awareness training as well, okay. which I think is a. Do you have an example? Um, what we're doing today as well. I'm, I'm totally open. <laughs> so this, this, this is a, a light version. This wouldn't be my like accusatory example. This is the cute version that I give. Um, uh, <laughs> because the accusatorial one is 
it's too too soon that Murray does someone anyway. No, um, I, I'm still here for it though. But, um, yeah. but basically, like sometimes, um, I think it might get in the way of like just good business relations. In that, like, uh, this is just a cheesy example. One time, I had a, the word Waratah in a poem. I misspelled it, um, and the editors sort of approached it very like gently and really nice about it and. But I think it sounded like they thought I like was privy to some sort of like sacred Aborigine spelling or something. And about it. But I just like I just had I just did a typo. But the way that they sort of approached it was it was was it was not an issue. Obviously, it was quite fun. It just made me laugh. But there are other more intensified situations where that kind of thinking or that kind of. Um, uh, uh, over determination of like cultural awareness, um, where you start just speaking to the mythology of an Aborigine again, um, it, uh, or something like, yeah, the, it, it almost just plays into this trope of like the delicate Aborigine or something yeah. like. Well, like uh, <laughs> what's this really, really famous example? The noble savage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, well, so that, that example with the Waratah was a bit of a, a noble savage uh, example for sure. Um, with my like unique spelling to the word. Um, but uh, no, just, just a typo. That's all. Um. <laughs> I wanted... Uh, I, 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 again, I overshot the um, the street and missed the path, but that's alright. Um, yeah. Maybe um, I thought so. One of your, your the initiatives that you're involved in, yeah. which I absolutely love, yeah. is the um, you go into the correctional center. Yeah. And you write poetry. Yeah. You are in prison. Yeah. Yeah, so that is called... Well, the anthology that's produced is called Dreaming Inside. Um, the project's called Nganabarangarai, which is Black Wallaby, um, I think Wadi Wadi language. The woman, elder, aunt who started that, Annie Barbara Nicholson, um, a legend, um, a force of nature. Like, who gets to 75 and decide they're going to start this, like incredible program um let's, let's add it on the screen. Uh, uh, and yeah so twice a year or twice a year or more for the last 12 years she's been going to junior correctional facility and writing poetry and stories with the fellas inside and for the last two years i've tagged along, helped out, and um, she is trying to build it into something um, that can be sustained uh, once she has, uh, her glorious light has moved on, so she's sort of making all these plans for that, and um, it's, it's, it's quite <laughs> amazing to, when you start to realise all the, 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 the strings that... Um, our elders are pulling and, and, and things that they're putting into place for the future. Um, it's, it's quite uh, incredible.
Um, and uh, well, let's just. Uh, so yeah, we're doing that um, again. It, it's somewhat not new. Like I said, a couple of years now. But um, yeah, no, ten it, volumes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the project itself. Yeah, ten wow. ten volumes. Where I'm heading to um, Arts this weekend to f- do the final um, transcriptions, or the like when we put it up onto the the computer, all the manuscripts. Um, yeah, and hopefully it looks like we've got approval for a um, a, a pro, uh, what's it called a um, a pilot version at a women's prison prison. Um, this one is men only. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, um, as it's defined, but in, in, you'll see in a few of the, like, a couple of the other issues, like, you've got trans yeah. community and stuff in there yeah. as well, which is pretty, pretty, like, full on when you're reading these, like, I think it's in volume five. I wasn't expecting it. And, like, sis inside being like, fuck, what am I doing here? Like help me basically so you're reading these things that happened five or six years ago of these people who are suffering like fuck like i hope i hope you're okay sis like it's it's a it's a it's a hard project in in many ways like it definitely feel it will be an immense part of my cultural and and spiritual and and, and intellectual growth for sure yeah Mm. yeah what what would you say is the main challenge for you being involved in that The main challenge, I think, would be... (laughs) It's it's funny because I get a somewhat cruisy ride in terms of the logistics of it. Um, I get told where to be um, and what to do and how to do it by art. so, look, the, I suppose the hardest thing is um, taking it with a, a good amount of humility when aunt, when I know aunt is, like, whipping me into shape to make sure this program... So the hardest part is the fact that uh, uh, aunt has a vision yeah. and um, I got a bit of a duty to keep that vision going... <laughs> And she will not let me uh, forget it, basically. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, so, I suppose part of that vision would be for her, you know, maintaining its grassroots integrity, um, you know, being careful about how we get funded and, and who we then um, sort of have to uh, please, I suppose. Um, who, is that, who is that? Well, say if we got like government funding or, or whatever, yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, and then like I've this I don't find this part hard, but I've sort of said my piece to it. The ongoing thing that pisses it's a it's a piss you off kind of process because like the last time we were there, they were they weren't even eighteen and they were just there on remand, and I was like, what are these kids doing in this fucking prison? Like. It was blowing my mind. They hadn't even been convicted. And here they are. Um, it's just so frustrating. So very frustrating. So that's a part of it that sucks. Um, 
the utter frustration of it all. Yeah, uh, for sure. But, yeah. but lots of beautiful parts to it too. Yeah, um, I got the, the volume with me. Yeah. I was wondering, would you like to, to read the book <laughs> yeah. in the your poem? Or another poem in the vo It's volume 10, so you're in there. Yeah. Um, would you like to read one? Uh, sure, sure. Shall I take it out? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A little casual reciting. Yeah. yeah. I haven't practiced. Um, marker where your poem is, but please. Um, all right, all right. Let me let me have a think. Let me let me check what I wrote. Let me. It could be nice to include yours. Yeah. Sometimes I feel because I'm, I'm, I'm writing a re re review. I think <laughs> I suppose it's a review of this text as the world at the moment, um, and how this. Yeah. How? Let me make sure I hold it properly though. Um, and sort of how it came into being. Uh, and I'm still... Still unsure of how I'm, um, like, quoting the people in the text. Like, I don't necessarily feel comfortable using their name, like, re-circulating re, um, their names, because, like, they're, they're not looking for publicity, these poets, necessarily. Yeah. Um... So yeah, there's a, 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 a strange kind of relationship between textuality and identity and safety and all these kind of things that I'm I'm still trying to understand with it all. That's um, a, yeah, it's it's a very intricate the whole project really. Yeah. Very intricate. Yeah. Around ethics as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, I suppose one of the hard things for me, going back to that question, is like you you want to know where they are the following year and a lot of the time we're like there's <laughs> there's a there's a, 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 a grapevine a black grapevine black grapevine what am I trying to say basically um, you, you only have to ask a few people before you can check up on who you need to check up on so so that's not necessarily a problem but I at first was like yeah but what happens once they get out or you know what but that's not what the pro our program is designed to do we're not there to sort of catch them when they're out and to maintain a sort of uh, not a loving distance how do I say it when I, uh, when I used to work for this uh, like a high school indigenous education program thing for like six years and the same 60 kids for, for that time and we really had to get used to the idea of like we give the kids unconditional love, but we don't expect it from them. Like, they, you know, could just turn around one day and be like, nah, I want nothing to fucking do with you. But as so long as we've done our job and give them as not much knowledge and love as possible, um, then that's good. But for us to require that love and attachment back is kind of dangerous. It's kind of one of those, like, you've got to set them free thing. Oh, that's a really bad... Um, in the context and that's the, the I suppose the anxiety of writing about these experiences even this poem in here that in, in the volume 10 is that it, it, I 
I'm still trying to figure out ways of aestheticizing that cultural work that I'm doing. Um, I because it, 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 I don't want it to be at the forefront as well. Like, I don't think it's right that I sort of... I'm just, I don't want to s- come across as some gammon black, black saviour going in and um, saving mob in prison, like that kind of thing. So I'm just trying to be careful about the way that um, I, I do that. But as I said, like, Annie Barb, <laughs> she, she'll, she'll cut me down to um, the right shape and, and size that's required to, to be a part of the program. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, okay. I'll just read mine. Yeah, yeah. please right. do. Do you want to sit or uh, it's a bit wide? No, nah, let's just do it. All right, here? Yeah. There's no one going to walk past and make too many mistakes. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere under Waradri Sun... Somewhere under Waradri sun, out of the way, I look up, and the sky takes on a sharper blue through razor wire. There are lines humming here still, you know, still singing, strange, blunt thuds, lock after lock, hallway after hallway, the muffled intercom buzz, disarming, scanned, checked, fingerprinted, identity disassembled, intentionally. Disoriented. A lanyard around my neck and the light wanes to a shade of institutional light. With a word and gesture, Aunt brings us in, calls into place us as storytellers, follows kin. I listen, I scribe, a memory, a taste of before and after. I can't write fast enough between the laughter. A melody too beautiful for lyrics. I carry these pages as messenger, their story incarcerated, leaving the puzzle that is this place. How beautiful. Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, some, some, of them, some of them are hard and beautiful parts. So the one that I'm trying to write about in this review is this experience of like transcribing because some of the fellas can't read or write really so them speaking their stories and me scribbling it down and having to both be like brother but at the same time like I can't be I can't sit there and be like nah bros that's that's not normal that's fucking like intergenerational trauma like like I can't my my instinct is to like stoke the fires of sovereignty but aunt before I first went in there she's like you can't really do that you can't because you have to think about their safety when we leave you can't have them you know going about rioting or whatever or pissing off the guards because it gets them into trouble it gets them landed longer in there and stuff like that like it, it, it was a, it's very difficult to temper who I am in that space for their safety um, even though I know we would all kind of like bloom and flourish uh, if we were able to um, engage in a, in a different way outside of that place yeah. yeah yeah so you can't bring in too much of your 
your own agenda, I suppose, really. Yeah, 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 yeah that's that's it, yeah. Eat, uh, and, uh, yeah, aunt's very clear on that. Like, we have a job there. We, 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 we write some poems, we connect. She just uses it as an excuse to give them all a hug and, like, and these... They, now she just sits back and sort of relaxes... Not relaxes, she uh, has her eye on everything, but um, it's, a, it's a well-oiled machine um, that is um, a very adaptive, well-oiled machine, though. Yeah. yeah. Inspiring, inspiring project, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, no, look, I think it's going to be, for me, very... Look, it sounds like I'm, I'm stuck with it, basically. I've got, <laughs> I've got no other choice. And, look, for me, that... This, oh, this is the, the light that did oh, the... These two here. Yes. <laughs> or maybe these two, or the, these three. Okay, we'll give it a go. Let's see. Um, and they, they're automated, so that's the hard part as well. So you can't actually... No. And then, yeah, I've already sat here for like 10 minutes one time while we just with my work. Um, I don't even know, like, why there are three. <laughs> anyway, where is that one I have no idea. Anyway, they went off all at once, one time. And I, I thought country was like bringing me messengers. Why not though? Why does it have to be through, you know, the frog? Why can't country send you a message via some other medium? Uh, as a as a uniquely natural, yeah. I think I think maybe, and again, like it, you know, running around for a definition of country is sometimes um, not as fruitful as other means of coming to it. But yeah. a, at least a system that can. Sustain itself? Is that what I'm trying to say? Or um, like self-regulating open systems? 
Like, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there would be a non-country. If if my if my concept is so broad, what doesn't fit outside? What yeah. fit in it? I think is the question. Is everything country? That's such a, that's such a question. Isn't yeah. Like, is it? I think where we are, yes. I think, yeah. Well, I, I think it also goes beyond our like, our, our like, uh, our poor poor human comprehension of things like there is just too many things that have been thinking here well before we were thinking here um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so I've got to give just about everything a bit of credit um, yeah yeah I, th I think that I, like I'm maybe cross over I, I cross over also my interpretation of like country and dreaming as well a little bit like the concept of dreaming that sort of dream time yeah. spirit world kind of thing but I, I sort of see it just as like a fabric of reality yeah. in, in some sense like um, the co-creation between like social being and place like I don't, I don't think it's anything that magical or mystical really yeah. to be honest <laughs> Yeah. But I've got like the word country and like it's it's given that name by humans. Yeah. So it's a really interesting relation I suppose between what do we then actually mean by that? Mm. What do humans mean by something that is too hard to comprehend? Yeah. I, th I think for, for me, like, it's not something that I'm constantly able to uh, tap into, see myself within, or um, feel or vibe. But if I'm around particular people in particular places, it's easier to start feeling that. Um, uh, like, like, elders, and whenever they do, like, like, my, one of my favourite ones, and again, this is a, cute, a cute, sort of cutesy example. Um, it was a, and this was a welcome for for the most part in uh, Indigenous people, um, uh, and for the majority quite young. We had a few like non-Indigenous um, teachers at this welcome, and it was near Mary Creek in Melbourne, um, and I think Diane Kerr, I think, was doing it. Could have been Carolyn Briggs that time. And um, given the welcome, great welcome, and she, at, like the moment she does the I welcome you to this country, she um, puts her hand out and uh, a, 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 a eucalyptus blossom striplet like fell from the tree and landed directly into her hand. Like it was just like this little magical moment for a split second, you could see in her eyes it was even like, oh wow. But then like a split, split second later, you could just, you also saw in her eyes this look of like, yeah, that's right, I'm an elder. Um, so, so, so sort of moments like that. Um, but also other ones where like, like I, I'm, I'm always in this strange space where I both, um, I think this is partly what my poetic is, or seeking like a, a, both an enchantment and a disenchantment. Like, 
finding finding the 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 point where there's kind of a, a mythology that doesn't lend itself to the subject, disenchanting that to reveal maybe something that's more like not simple. Um, uh, uh, m- magical in its own right, without having to look at it through weird, fucked up colonial lenses. Um, even just the like the idea of country for me is a nourishment source, like that thing that like feeds you and the air that constitutes your like breathing and and how that changes your biochemistry and all of that kind of stuff. Like that for me is an extremely just base level of how country operates and how it like heals and sustains us. Like that's enough for me to call it as uh, uh, an interspecies engagement yeah. um, let alone all the spiritual stuff that goes on top of it um, or underneath it or within it or whatever um, Would you say you're sort of trying to de-romanticize the idea? Uh, yeah, a little bit but at the same time then putting my own romantic spin on it like, like, I, I, like I, I'm, still, I'm still a poet and still a storyteller and um, like it's fine to add embellishment and, and flavour and, 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 and again like going back to the stuff right at the beginning like it's fine to act or to add those performative elements to it but to what ends are you trying to achieve with those performative elements like how are you trying to it's kind of like like uh, I suppose in any given ceremony or like researchers ceremony or researchers practice where like you set things up you don't just like give it a go you can I suppose but you you arrange things first you put things into their place and they might seem like arbitrary arrangements at first and then you can kind of like press play on the ceremony and see how it how it plays out I suppose Thanks for listening to Movements and Sounds. This is a not-for-profit podcast. However, thanks to the SOAS Student Enterprise Fund, for every episode a donation will be made to SeedMob, an indigenous-led organization in Australia fighting for climate justice. Find out more about this incredible organization on seedmob.org.au. See you at the next episode.